You are listening to the Sonic Guild Colorado Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Fisher, musician, producer, and creator. This episode features Neptune, an artist and musician with a one-of-a-kind style. I met up with Neptune at his collaborator, Rusty Steve's home, and we had a great conversation about live show production, the importance of showing the dark side of mental health, the journey to become a legacy artist, and so much more. This is the Sonic Guild Colorado Podcast with Neptune. You are tuning in to the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. I am here today with Neptune. Welcome. Hi. How are you? How are is things going? You're preparing for a whole nother tour to go out on the road with new music. How do you feel about it? Um, let's say today I'm very under the weather. <laughs> you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm really stuffy. The Asper tour and everything. Really looking forward to it. I like being gone. I love being out of the state. Um, that's literally no secret at all. Yeah, looking forward. I love that new music is getting performed. It's always a riveting feeling when like you're testing out new things for like new audiences and just like that feeling is really dope. What's the process like testing music for new audiences? Like what responses tell you a song is working or the alternate that a song maybe isn't going to be a part of the set you'll hear people talking about it like oh what was that one song or you'll hear you'll hear um you crowd reception whether they're like losing their minds or not and then also um just like how well it does like every time like if you perform for like different audiences multiple times how they do and what has been one of your favorites to perform thus far uh very much shadow i love performing that song it's kind of challenging no lie just because of like the way the song is executed on the recording and i'm such a stickler with myself about sounding exactly how i do on the record and there's so much movement in that choreography it's a little difficult sometimes so like the more we perform it the more comfortable i get like every performance i'm like watching back like what did i do wrong? oh i do that for every single performance every single song i'm like what so, right, can i cuss yeah. oh, i'm like what did i fuck up on and then also like what went really well but yeah that one i really love that one these animals. Yeah, we're we're surrounded by like really cute animals, amazing cat, and this like really cute little dog that has decided to be my best friend, which I'm okay with. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you decide what to do with choreography? Like, talk, let's talk a little bit about the process of live performance. Mm-hmm. You put so much thought into the show and the visuals. I mean, when I saw you even at uh, the Sonic Guild release party, your Mm -hmm. costume was incredible. (laughs) Where does the mindset come from and where do you draw inspiration from? I tell people it's custom, not costumes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is always custom made. Um, Where do you get those done or do you do them? So I will, depending on what it is, I'll design some or my designer period, who's um, Mike at Home Record Lingerie, he'll come up with it he every time we get done with an outfit the first thing out of his mouth literally when putting it on is all right so what's next so (laughs) like i'll be like i was thinking something like this thinking something like this and then we like narrow it down um but yeah for the outfits mike really he goodness gracious that's why i worked with the most um recently worked with toki prism recently worked with uh unique gene 
So it's really dope, very specific about who I work with. And then also just like who can capture the vision the most. And I think I'm just everyone's little like model that they want to try the craziest shit on. So like everybody <laughs> loves like, I want to make stuff for you. I want to make stuff for you. Um, so yeah, that, yeah, at least for, uh, what is it? Attire. That's normally what happens. Um, at least for like shows and everything. Um, I really, I see movement. I see choreography for every single song. Anything I see, it's a matter of what makes it and what really, the songs I know, it's like you know what's going to make it and like what audiences, like, oh, when this hits, audiences audiences are going to lose it. This needs choreography. Um, and then some will honestly just go based off of like um, what I've done on stage. And like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. But I love how that looks. I'm going to put choreography to that. That's how Mannequin ended up. Well, I knew I wanted choreography for Mannequin, but I only had one little tiny section. And then my best, one of my really, really good friends, um, and now dancer, Sida, created choreography to that. And it was just perfect. What was the rest of the question? No, I mean, that's... Oh, where do you draw inspiration from? Where do I draw inspiration from? Yeah. I really draw inspiration from all things, but I'm just so... I really love watching people, artists, and then artists who are really good at what they do, art that is just very, just profound and dynamic. Um, goodness, I feel like pinpointing one thing would be hard as hell. Oh, That's a good problem to have. It's a I great mean, problem to have. Inspiration from everywhere. I really feel um, what helps at least the most and what really like I'm drawn to is just blackness, black art, black people everything black <laughs> off like everything there's just so much there's so much history there's so much culture there's so much so many layers and there's so many at least for black americans there's so many like mysteries and in those mysteries i feel like there's such great like oh shit how did you do this or where'd you come up with it like, man i don't even know and it's probably something ancestral that just honestly came out that we would never know because we don't know much of our like our lineage and just doing world history, well, black history that is world history. I mean, there's just so much, like, to pull from and just, like, oh, just energies to tap into, creative insp- influences, um, whether that be aesthetics, um, whether that be uh, fashion, whether that be um, architecture. There's just so many different things um, that melanated people have just contributed to the entire world. And, I mean, just not even just to art. We're talking science. We're talking physics. We're talking... Like, so fuck mathematics. Like, this is so pivotal and so foundational to, like, world history. Um, and that truly is what, I mean, just black people and blackness is one of the, my greatest inspirations of all time. Um, and it's not a secret, I love Beyonce. So. <laughs> I feel like that might be a bit of an understatement, but... Um, yeah, I mean, Beyonce and Solange, it's like... Oh, my God. I, everything they do is... Is really, uh, and that's a cool thing. It's steeped in black culture. Yes. And it's celebrating black culture and it's exploring those mysteries and then, you know, packaged in a way that's like, hey, you can't look away from this. You can. And that's incredible. Solange's birthday actually just passed. Um, Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Solo. (laughs) What are some of the challenges in your transition starting out as like a DIY artist to now the level that you're at, not only just working with artists like Sleigh Bells and Wyclef John and going on these big tours, but it's the level of production that 
has kind of developed over your performance time. You know what's so interesting? Quiet is kept. I really still feel like, I mean, not even feel like, I really still think of myself and like as a DIY artist, like I, I'm well aware of um, at least the perception of production and everything like that. But if people, I mean, honestly, just saw the behind the scenes of like how my team and I work, like it really is pulling fucking ideas out of thin air and we get so many no's oh my god it's so interesting because one of the things like oh my gosh like you guys do this like oh my like you never seen that before this never happened i'm like oh yeah like if you saw the amount of no's as opposed to that one yes it's we tried to do this oh we don't get it and oh well then probably not like it's always fucking something like it it, (laughs) there is never like i everything still feels so diy because we do everything ourselves i mean it works out it's very very challenging um but i just maybe i'm kind of a little blind to like the perception or just what is going on on this side but everything i mean just on this it is very diy it is very DIY. Even the Bluebird headliner, like, that was very DIY. Do you think there's ever a time, I mean, even just, like, we were just talking about Beyonce. I mean, in some regards, it never stops, do you think? No, if you look at the Crazy in Love, um, not Crazy in Love, if you look at the Dangerously in Love album cover, they didn't have denim jeans for her. And they were like, oh, shit, well, what are we going to do? And the photographer was like, Uh, I mean, I have these jeans on. You could put them on. And she put them on. Yeah, that's one of the most iconic album covers of all time. And that's lit. Somebody forgot her fucking jeans. And those jeans, like, they're still, if you even look at, take that. And now, today. And that look, those those denim jeans, the white top, even from the Crazy in Love music video, that's what her dancers are wearing on tour during the song. Like, it's just... You never stop doing DIY. Formation World Tour, those hats that she was wearing, those really big <clears throat> wide brim hats. You couldn't find those anywhere else in the world. She was having those made. And if she wanted a different one, she was having it made on tour. Yeah, making it, those decisions and really being involved in the entire process from the start entire to finish. the entire fucking process, down to, the, down to minute details. It's always DIY. It's always DIY. And I feel like this... If you don't know how to do that, you won't know how to pivot. You won't know how to, like, you don't know how to stay on your toes. Because, I mean, in the music business and music industry, nothing is solidified at all until it's done. I remember we were just at Electric Forest, and it starts raining out of fucking nowhere. Like, crazy. We're talking branches snapping off. And everybody's like, yeah, getting canceled, getting canceled. This is the second day I've been in hyper-focus for just about 24 hours. And I'm like, oh my God, please tell me that this is not for nothing and that I was not this focused and this cut off from everybody else for nothing. Worked out and that performance was insane. Like it's just that goes to nothing is solidified. So like you have to just be on your toes, be ready for anything. I was literally learning choreography minutes before going on. You have to be so on your toes. And I think just knowing how spontaneous I am alone i really don't even see how i still see myself as a diy artist and that everything is really diy there's no like there's no necessarily like huge machine behind me yet you know what i'm saying 
but there very much is a well-oiled machine going on over here. Let's talk a little bit about that. How does having a manager change the way that you're creating and releasing as an artist? And what does that relationship look like? Uh, I love my fucking manager. (laughs) Um, I have somebody to bounce ideas off of. I have somebody who is looking out for me. I have somebody who is like the buffer to get to me. I have a partner in crime for sure because all we do is motherfucking scheme. <laughs> um, I don't know if I said somebody who has my best interest at heart, but he really does have my best interest at heart. I mean, I'm learning strat, not still learning strategy. I've definitely learned. Oh yeah, this strategy, but there's even still new things. I'm like, oh shit, okay. Like, I wasn't moving strategically. I was moving strategically, but, like, in terms of, like, releasing music and shit. Like, it, when you're, especially in Colorado, there's no method to the man. There's no method to the madness here. There's no guidance. There's a lot of gatekeeping. And there's not many people looking out for other artists. And some of the veterans really don't give a damn about the music scene as a whole. A lot of people who have made it out, they say, okay, <laughs> Bye. They ain't looking out for nobody. And that's not even like a, (laughs) that's not not a diss. That's not nothing. That's literally just look at who made it out and who's been giving back. Uh, Real fucking slim. So like having somebody who's teaching me strategy, who's showing me how to be calculated. That is something I've always wanted. And I have that. And I refuse to go back. (laughs) I refuse to go back. It makes decision making a lot easier. I say no a lot more, um, even when I don't want to say no. Holy shit, even when I don't want to say no. Is it, oh, some of the things I've turned down, holy shit. Well, oh. That's incredible, though. Like, the power of being able to say no. Yeah. And, like, knowing your worth and having somebody that's there to back you up and be like, don't, you don't have to be desperate for this. That, you don't have to be fucking desperate. It is, it is that person who's going to be like, remember who the fuck you are. Like, also remember what you're building and what you've built thus far. And what your end goal is. And for me, that's that's a legacy artist. So that's... You play your cards real fucking particular and real good. That's not to say that every every move is going to be a fucking success. No. You're going to fall in your head. You're going to, you know, you're going to learn. But if you want to... <laughs> for me, it's the thing of, okay, if you want to be a legacy artist, are you... that sound easy? Did Aretha Franklin have it easy? Did James Brown have it easy? Did Michael Jackson have it easy? Did Prince have it easy? Tina Turner have it No! No! And were these people known for doing every single feature that was thrown at their motherfucking face? No. Did these people take every single show? No. These are people who were known for saying no. Prince was going to be in the bad video. Michael Jackson was going to be in a music video with Prince for the whole Batman movie. just to name two things having my manager is like it's really eye opening plus we have so much in common god I love Corey motherfucking Hazel cause it's literally just like having a it's like having your big brother like there with you the whole time cause sometimes I'm like ugh you can't have my damn nerves you're right fuck it whatever and then like (laughs) other times I'm like yeah let me let me just like fall back and like watch this watch how this plays out it really is but also i think one of the greatest things is having that person there who's constantly 
pushing you to greatness. And I'm the type of person, I mean, I told him even going into this cycle, I was like, push me. I can handle it. Push me. And every time that's what it's been. There's been moments he was like, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I'm pushing you. So I was like, I, 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 uh, I don't want to hear no apologies. I asked for that. I asked for that. So having that person who's literally holding you to your word with how, like, how great you want to be, it feels really good. It's very reassuring. And I realize a lot of people don't have that um, at, at this stage alone. And I'm, I'm just very grateful for him. I have my entire management team over at Future Garden. They're amazing. What does a day in your life look like as you're preparing to go on shows? You were just talking about, like, choir practice. You have, do you have rehearsals? Mm-hmm. Like, what is what is the day? Um, Definitely looks like checking my phone. Uh, <laughs> the second I get up. <laughs> the second I get up. As much as I would love to not look at my phone the second I wake up, yeah, I don't necessarily have that luxury. So... I literally check my phone the second I wake up, um, making sure I didn't miss any calls. I'm really not a point of contact, but I'm kind of like I handle a lot. I mean, you're this, you're the center. You're Neptune. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to. I don't have to. I get to um, checking my phone, making sure I didn't miss any calls, any texts. If I did. Really just getting up to that if I need to, like, check an email or something like that. I didn't realize, like, one of my emails, the one that everybody uses, I'm not beginning getting notifications on. So it's probably figuring out what emails I've missed or what has been just sitting there cozy in my damn inbox. So more than likely looking over emails after that, checking any messages because Lord have mercy, I'm the world's absolute worst fucking texter. It makes me so nervous when I tell everybody and everyone still texts me. So getting back to messages... After I've kind of just done that, if I need a post for that day, a posting, and my post takes so long. It can take me two hours to post. So sometimes my day can start off with me working for, like, I wake up and I'm literally laying in bed for two hours working on a post. Really getting ready for shows that's me, like, getting up, hydrate, like, stretch, seeing what I have going on for the day. I do so much rehearsal with myself that it's, like, vocal warm-ups throughout the day, just, like, singing, little, like, precision things or like what I'm going to do sometimes let's go for a walk sometimes let's go for a run yeah it's just so like I really haven't had to explain this so I'm like what do I do um <laughs> yeah going over choreography I feel I sit and I do so much studying oh my god I feel like if everyone saw how much I study I feel like it would probably answer a lot of people's questions about why the shows are the way that they are but I study performances back so much and I like having full videos back, so I'll do a lot of I do a lot of critiquing on myself. It's a lot of I didn't like that note. I didn't like how I hit that. I'm working on that specific note. I'm literally positioning my body, getting my mind like it's just a lot of intense studying, then preparation, then singing over and over. More than likely, it's still entails recording. So most of the time, recording is still like a part of that like practice because it still keeps like it keep that throat warm. It just like really on top of it, yeah. Like this go around is pretty different. Because there's more elements to the show now. So now it looks like, okay, yeah, choir rehearsal. And then it also looks like, okay, dance rehearsal. But it also looks like, okay, well, I'm delegating different tasks to different people. So I need somebody to do this that way. I'm not overloading myself. So it's like, okay, well, if I know these group of people need outfits, I need someone in that group to be on t- in charge of outfits. Also, if I've 
have these other people like working a lot. Okay. Well then can someone, 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 so can you guys get everybody ready? Da, 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 da. Just let me know how that is. Let me know if that's cool. Da, da, da. Like it's a lot of, it's just like the movie part. It's a lot of delegating, a lot of checking up on how things are while also still maintaining. Am I staying limber? Is my voice good? And is my stamina there? So yeah. It's like a pro athlete. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the thing is, I don't really, um, I won't ever say like how much like I do all in a day. I'm such a, I'm a really quiet person. So like, as opposed to like what I say, like, what'd you do today? I always miss something like, oh yeah, I did go for a runner. Oh yeah, I did do this. You know what I'm saying? So like, no, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty intense sometimes. What does being a queer icon mean to you? I read in an article that they heralded you as an up and coming queer icon. Oh my goodness. And I thought that was just <laughs> one, like such a fabulous thing to like be in the sphere of. And two, if you if that's like a conscious thing that you're doing or if it's just you're creating this inclusive space and people are recognizing that. You know, um I only take on names that are given to me for real for real. <laughs> I think the word icon it's a little early. <laughs> that's just for me for, because of the people I look up to. But I'm not gonna stop people from saying that. <laughs> I'm not that's definitely one thing I'm not gonna stop people from saying. If you they wanna say that, I'm gonna let y'all go ahead and say that. Um, I won't sit up here um too much um, and say I'm in archive. I I like to think of myself as a legend in the making. Um, at least when I hear that, I mean I I sounds like I'm on the right path. It sounds like Okay, the sleepless nights uh, definitely are, they're worth something. The nights where it's just me, it, it's worth something. Literally the times where I feel like I'm so far from myself and not um, living up to my own greatness. It's like, oh, damn. Okay, well, then that just means that was a part of the process. I mean, I've, wow. It's, wow. I, I actually know which article now that you're talking about. Because, I mean, I read that and I was like, oh, my goodness. These people don't even know who I am. <laughs> well, they judge judge by the art that you see. You know? Look, I'm a big qual- quality over quantity yeah. kind of bitch. You know, I really just did not have anybody like me to look up to at all. At all. There was no, oh, yeah, that's who. It didn't matter who I was looking up to. It was, if it was Lady Gaga, I was like, okay, ooh, Lady Gaga, yeah, that's my bitch. But there was always a disconnect there because I was like, okay, well, I can relate to her on so many things, but also it's not an entire reflection on me because she's not black. Then it's okay, Beyonce. Then it's like passes her point. I'm like, damn, Beyonce ain't gonna get his buck ass wild as like some of the other people I look up to. Then it was like, okay, well, Lil Richard. Okay, well, Lil Richard's solid, but there were certain things that were just so conflicting or certain things given the time. Michael Jackson. Okay, boom, Michael Jackson ain't gonna say certain things or, you know, there's certain level to, uh, it's not, you know, there was always, no matter who I've looked up to, it's always like, it's always like I've taken, I do the same thing for music. There's always elements of things that, that just hit me the most and I just adopt all of that into my, you know, make it myself. And... I think the biggest thing for me has just be, has been to be what I haven't had, which I, I mean, every, I've just seen everybody have that. And I just have never, even to this day, I don't have that. I've always had to be my own. That's been my whole, um, I mean, even just coming up in Colorado, there was, everyone is, everyone, everyone has a blueprint in music here. 
everyone has a blueprint. Absolutely everybody does. And I've, I've checked out the landscape. Everybody has a blueprint to follow that they can succeed in. Not for kids like me. So it's just been, okay, do what you do and figure it out. I mean, it's working very well. <laughs> it's working very well. So yeah, oh my God, a queer icon. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, no pressure. No, none. <laughs> none at all. You've been very vulnerable and honest about your experience with suicide and mental health and sobriety. How are, do you prioritize those aspects of your life now? And is there a balance that you're finding in being a human being and, and an artist? You know what's so crazy? It's like I've never, I literally have never seen myself as like having for real, for real, a personal life. Like, a, just a life outside of music. Everyone, you ask anybody around me, it's just always, yeah, him and that notebook, or yeah, him and that laptop, or yeah, him and that music, always. So it's never been, I've never necessarily prioritized, even in this whole process, in that everybody is, like, just, like, really, like, learning about me. I nest, I've not had a personal life, quote-unquote, this entire time. Um, mainly because I just, I haven't, in, I haven't, like, entertained having one. Raw honesty, I haven't necessarily really wanted one because I've I've never loved the idea of having to be a person. Never. Always just art only. That was a safe place. I don't want anything else. Cool. That does not necessarily... I've definitely gotten to a point where it's like, yeah, that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Um, Ew, even saying that, I don't like that. (laughs) I think the... Everyone will definitely hear very soon, um, especially with a lot of this new material, where I've been at the past year, but also where I've been even before people really started learning about who I am, um, artist-wise, just without me, period. I'd say more so recently, it's a lot more difficult. There's just so many more, there's so much more going on in my life, and then so when things do happen in my personal life, I just have not known how to process it. What I know is escapism. Just zone out completely, dissociate in. Just separate myself from it as much as possible to where it's like, just imagine this thing that's happened so I don't have to, it isn't, I could talk about things casually and it's like, how are you just sitting here talking about them? Like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, no, bitch is not fine. Um, I think I'm relearning how to do that now. Definitely rough around the edges these days. A lot more rough around the edges. Um, I think Shadow definitely kind of hints, especially if people listen to those words in the song. It definitely showcases what, if you don't upkeep with yourself, with yourself just how much things could start to turn. Um, so, yeah. I'd say in the past, I just, you just run on fumes, I guess. Whereas now, I'm, I'm figuring a lot of shit out, at least personally. So yeah, I feel like that's about the most like honest I could be without yeah. giving away too much, because I'll be a lot more honest. Um, I'm just not ready to be that honest yet. <laughs> hey, it's it's a process. It's uh, yeah, it's a lifelong process. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can you walk me through the journey of your songwriting from conception to studio to release, and does a song ever? start out one way and then surprise you about how it ends up or completely changes through that process oh it always goes song by song it's always interesting i have um 
every song that ends up getting made, it's like I always had something for it anyway. It's because I just always write things down, whether it's a voice memo or whether it's just like I write it down real quick. I start singing something, start going with something. I'm like, all right, boom. I already have something for this, and I can finish all the song. Um, being conceptual. This is uh, Renaissance was conceptual. This, at least where, like, creatively where I'm at, it's a very conceptual. It's very, like, there's a set theme. There's a set theme. Um, and it's very specific. It's very specific. Um, it's interesting. That's what I was telling you. I was like, there's that one song I'm like, audiences love. And I'm like... I just don't think this needs to go on a full-length project because it doesn't have anything to do with the story as being told as a whole. And so, at least for songwriting processes, uh, sometimes it could be starting something and then rewriting the whole thing. Like, oh, shit, no, that actually wasn't it. Or starting... I know, like, every time, like, it's, like, a rap versus some shit like that. Like, I'll get to a certain point. Like, I could start writing just in the moment. And then I'm like, I have something that fits this. And I could put like this whole lengthy ass verse on that, break it up, turn it into a verse too. And it's some other shit. Like there's the songwriting process is so, I don't, if anybody is saying that they have a specific process, they like need work. (laughs) They need work because it's, I don't understand. I, yeah, it's so all over the place. Yeah, it's just not formulaic at all. I feel like formulaic songwriting is so dense. It's a waste of fucking time. I can, especially the more music that gets made and the more songwriting that goes on, especially you grow as an artist, you grow as a musician. Like, even the old formulas you have for yourself, if you're centered around growth, you start to outgrow. It's like, okay, let me try something else. Let me try something different. Uh, This is starting to sound like everything else I do. Let me do this. Let me do this. You know what I'm saying? And so, and that's not to say, like, if you know, especially playing, like, just being really strategic. Like, if you know it works, run with it. But just being pigeon-held into, like, one way. You have a very all-over-the-place process with songwriting. But a lot of, I, I always, I write, I think my only, like, really, like, the one thing that is consistent, I write songs in the bathroom. I write songs in the bathroom. You heard it here first. Like, it's funny because my friends will like, I think I posted something on Snapchat and somebody was like, are you in the bathroom writing songs right now? And I was like, get out of my fucking business. It's a magical place. Now, the story behind why I write songs in the bathroom is definitely (laughs) it. God. But like, I write songs in that. Like, that's one of the most consistent. Even like if we're recording and I'm having trouble with something, if we're recording, I'm having issues. I could find a harmony in the, let me pee real quick. Boom. Come back. Literally three minutes later, all right, I got it. Or I'm having trouble with lyric, run back downstairs, all right, I got it. That's where I write songs. Shadow, most of Shadow in the bathroom. White Pony, I didn't write that in the bathroom. Black Horse, no. I, some of the lyrics were definitely written in the bathroom. Absent bathroom. Misery Loves Company started that in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> what do you think it is? Is it just like a safe, like quiet space? I literally, around? nobody's around. Like nobody can judge you. So, like, I literally used to just, I used to hide in the bathroom because I did not want to be around my mother at all. And that was, like, the one place I would lock myself in there for hours, hours. And that was the one place I was able to, like, get away. She wasn't there. And I just spent 
I produced so many songs in the bathroom, wrote so many songs in the bathroom. That was the one place I was just able to like get away from everything and everyone. And it was like, I can shatter to pieces in here and not be interrupted. Now, mind you, I might have to be quiet. That way nobody bothers me. But it's the one place that's just like, and it's, I don't know, something about a compact space says my claustrophobic ass. It's just left alone from everything, everyone. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's a special thing to have. I think that's, it's good to know that about yourself. And Oh, yeah. You know, uh, maybe that's your next album cover is like you in, in the bathtub. Me on the, the fucking, <laughs> oh, <laughs> me on the shitter. <laughs> no, it's so interesting. A lot of my earlier music videos, it, had, it always had a bathtub in it. I'm going to bring that back. Corey says, I'm like, you don't want the same thing. I was like, okay, but a signature. And I like that. Or like make it bigger. Exactly. Somehow. Yeah, it was always me. Like, I think the first time, definitely like a blood bath. It was me like in a bloody bathtub. And the second time, again, it had like blood on my face and it had a bathtub. And then the other one, some girl was literally in there, which how that played out was hilarious. Um, yeah, it was always bathtubs and I love it. What themes are you exploring in your upcoming follow-up? to renaissance if you want to share the shadow self shadow self yeah and that single is out on spotify i listened to it on the drive up here it's fantastic thank you so much we worked very fucking diligently on that song that is goodness y'all the process for making something that is not heard all the time is definitely it can be difficult that song alone when everybody will soon get why that song first it literally encapsulates everything like once you hear the other songs you're like oh so that's why everything that's why the tone of everything is like this it's a very um it encapsulates the whole like the project as a whole maybe not sonically um and not entirely in uh, not lyrically entirely but like it's referenced like like the shadow is, is that, I don't know like one lyric is um I am the shadow American floozy. Damn. I like feel like I just got goosebumps. It was in, such, it's just such a line. It's such a line. Uh this this album has so many taglines. <laughs> Definitely what I said I was not gonna write about on Renaissance, I wrote about on this one. It's definitely I, I feel like if everybody thought if it, I feel like everybody thinks they already know a lot about me already. Um, this is once again going to show you probably knew nothing at all. <laughs> it's it's a lot darker. It's a it's it's definitely a darker progression from Renaissance. But the thing is, it, I think Renaissance did so well because it had both that dark and light. So everybody was able to like be drawn to it because everything was playing very well with each other. I know somebody already said, like, oh, yeah, it's a little, music's a little dark for me, but da, 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 da. I must have told them, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, it takes people who make sunny, happy, sunshiny shit, you know what I'm saying, but it's just not everybody. I'm black and American. It's not necessarily fucking cakewalk. It's not like sunshine. It's not like sunshine rainbows every fucking day. Baby, no, what the hell? Nobody ever looked at motherfucking, nobody black ever looked at Jim Crow and was like, yeah, you know, it was a great thing. You know, no. The fuck? <laughs> I feel good. You know? I feel genuine happiness. I feel great having to drink from the colors only water fountain. <laughs> Bitch, no. Shit is not sweet on this side of the fence. Yeah. Um, Sounds like it's like a real look at that generational trauma and like consistent like, oh, hey, yeah. just because it's 2023 halfway through almost 2024 like doesn't mean anything you know it's very um 
It's very personal. Very personal. I'm looking even... I, I'm really glad I don't have to talk about it yet. I'm so glad, I'm so glad I don't have to talk about it in depth yet. And I've even expressed to my team, just like, just the subject matter on there. I'm like, we need to find ways for me to talk about this without completely just shattering mid it during these interviews. Cause I was like, I know there's going to be interviews. We're sending out press with, duh, it's going to happen. And I know what, where I'm going where I'm going, so I know I'm gonna have to talk about it on a bit of a on a little bit bigger of a scale than last time. Last album cycle. It's it's not dark for no reason, but it's I think every time artists are especially for mental health, when I'm I'm applauded for speaking about mental health so candidly, um, and just unapologetically. I don't have to say I think. When artists are asked to speak about mental health, they always do it in this you know, I used to it's always from this place of I don't not there anymore you know i'm here and we don't even if that's the case like we don't get to see how fucking ugly that shit is it's always polished over it's always made to look pretty i'm like what are we what are y'all talking about when i think of like 13 reasons why people were tripping i mean people i even just strangers i was meeting and hanging out with friends and one of their friends come over yeah like they need to be careful and i was like what did y'all think mental health look like <clears throat> it's not to say that we just need to show the most horrific shit all the time but it's like we're not shown what true mental illness fucking looks like and it's not to say just flamboyantly glamorize like the worst things but sometimes like you can't blame people for needing to doll up some of the most horrific shit in their life and just what they experience on a day-to-day it definitely it's what we've been working on has definitely been therapeutic for me um, the more we've worked on it, I've had to be very honest about things I've not wanted to be honest about um, and talk about things I have th- seriously chosen not to talk about. Um, but I think I'm also very angry um, at this point in my life. <laughs> very angry. Um, and I've let a lot of just shit slide. And I don't think that I should have to let shit slide. <laughs> and then in that sense of just like for something for myself of like you need to talk about this i would be going against everything i said if i didn't write about it when asked like oh why do you think your writing got to this it was like when you you talk about the shit you need to talk about some of your greatest work and there's some shit i seriously need to talk about as uncomfortable as that's gonna make me feel because i think there's always this thing of like people they relate to you they relate to what you sing about what you write about and oh my goodness, it is, I remember when Mannequin came out and people would just randomly come up to me and just be like, oh my God, I had no idea Mannequin was about that. And I'm like, why are y'all talking about the meaning of this song in the club? Maybe not. Oh my God, Thank Heavens is one of my favorite songs. Time and place. You know what I'm saying? And I know that people just don't think, like they're not thinking about that. And to, to a certain degree, I can't blame people. They just want to be able to connect with you. You know, they want to know that there's somebody out there. And i definitely just been thinking about oh well, if i write about this that means people are gonna be asking me about this or just talking about this there's gonna be days i don't want to talk about this shit what the fuck well maybe that's okay you know you can be like hey i wrote it not in a place to, i don't want to talk about it right now go listen to the song you know and that's how i felt like that's my most honest self addressing it and, and then the moments you do want to talk about it let that let it out and then you can be like cool honestly, now i can move move on because i'm not like sitting on this anymore and honestly I'm telling you, that's probably where the fuck I'm at. I know I did that for Mannequin. We literally went on tour right after that, and I was like, we're not performing this every night. We're not performing this every night. That's not going to happen. Ah, I don't care if it just came out. That's not going to happen. 
I even said that I think one article they had actually like brought that up and just like being like, oh, like not many artists do. I'm like, I mean, I don't care. Like, like, oh, milk this isn't if I don't feel like milking something, I don't feel like milking something. It's like certain artists, you, you have people who they write what they write and it's cool. But sometimes real shit, like you got to be able to step aside with real shit. Cause I know, like, some of those, I remember there was a point on tour, like, just singing those songs every fucking night. I was like, dog, this shit is heavy. You have to relive it. Like, what is it? It's a shitty performance if you're not really tapping back into that. Why do you think Angela Bassett's one of the greatest? Why do you think Denzel Washington's one of the greatest? Why is Viola Davis one of the greatest? Because they go to that place. Every time. Going to that place every time. So yeah. It's it's much. It definitely is a wild fucking ride. Um, it's definitely raunchy. Uh, I've already given that forewarning. In shadow. It, it is definitely the age of the internet slut. I can't wait. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm t- Look. This 25 body. I have. I. I look the best I have ever looked in my life. Everything is so proportionate. I'm going to show it. I don't give a damn. Oh, I don't care who don't like it. I'm showing all types of skin. It feels great. It feels great. I absolutely (laughs) love that for you. And like, yeah, go. Be young. Facts. Someday we're all going to be old and not able to walk around and God knows what. And The gag is I literally just saw some girl on Facebook. She was like, um, I'm probably going to text her, too. Um, I don't know her that well, but I, like, know her enough to be like, girl, chill out. She was like, not happy to be turning 25 tomorrow. What? Shut up. What? No, hey, I'm I'm about it. I, I just turned 30, and okay, so I'm you excited, to... though. Like, I feel like every year's got better, 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 better. So I'm, I'm like, I'm... 30s is flow. literally, like... like it's fantastic. <sighs> The 30s, I feel like, is what everybody told us 20s are. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Flat out. Like, everybody yeah. who was, like, 20 when I was a kid, no. No, 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 no. They're like, oh, no, baby, it's the 30s. I'm like, wow, yeah, I should have said that. Like, And, hey, maybe when, when you're in your 30s, then everybody's like, oh, no, you're 40s. 40s no. are killer. I keep hearing that and the 40s are like, like hey. you got it, like... It's like a victory lap. Like, you just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I'm cool. I really don't give a fuck now. Yeah. Like, I've got it figured out. I'm and then, stoked for it. In the 80s, that's going to be my prime year. That's when I hit my prime. I was telling Rusty, I, he said something the other day. I said, you're going to be an issue when you're, like, 50 or 60. He's going to have no filter at all. He was like, yeah, I, like, want to be, like, yeah. that old guy who's, like. Yeah, who's just, like, I'm going to do whatever I want and say whatever I want. And not care what anybody thinks or says. And you know what? People are going to be like, that's amazing. That's so cool. How can you're so free? Look at Betty White. Facts. People are like, whoa, she's a, she just didn't give any fucking cares in the world. Like at all. That's why she was cool. She was like, I'm going to do me. I was like, if I feel like this is 25, I'm going to be an issue with 30. Oh, I'm going to be such an issue with 30. And I love that for me. Oh, my God. Not an issue for me. Y'all be safe. But, ugh. <laughs> all right. Last one. Oh my god! Although I feel like you I didn't even kinda, warn me that it was gonna be the last one. I know. What has been your experience with Sonic Guild? How did you get involved? How have they helped your career? And 
what what the what has that experience been like? You know what's crazy? I'm having a hard time. Kind of last year moved, y'all. If y'all saw my schedule last year, I was a busy bitch. Um, I really, honestly, just remember like, no, I know exactly how it happened. Um, shout out to old man Saxon, um, who really put me on game. To be honest, he sent in a word like, hey, I'm working with these people, yada yada yada. Uh, they do grants and whatnot. Um, I just went ahead and suggested you. Can you send me some of your music? I was like, yeah, the fuck? Yeah, I do music full fucking time. Yeah, please send my shit over. Oh my goodness. So he was honestly, he's kind of just been like a guardian angel looking out for me. And then my agent kind of got on board as well. Um, and then I was just honestly like being placed in the same room with people who like were part of Sonic Guild and I had no fucking idea. Um, so it was so cool. Leading up to, I remember literally after UMS, I get off stage and I got a check and I was like, oh my God how much like i don't know like how much this is for like whatever it is i'm gonna be grateful to that i looked at the check and i was like holy shit the sonic guild has like honestly just continues to look out for me in a way that i did not think i would like i didn't think i would receive that kind of support not only once but twice but like on multiple occasions let alone even just financially that is it has just been so mind-blowing to me they really are the reason why uh, we were able to get through a successful tour financially and not have to like worry about like do we have somewhere to sleep are we gonna be able to get through this tour do we have enough money to like make sure like do we have enough money and then going into uh later in the year performed in austin yet again like really like my even just like kind of like you could treat it we honestly just treating it like an advance like cycles being jump-started because of sonic guild we're able to like start with something financially for an entire album cycle based off of their fucking contribution and it's just been the most mind-blowing thing because i'm like y'all actually like me what the hell because i've just have never ended so it's so nuts i just have not been the kid nor i have i been the artist that has been like fully embraced at all used to not being used to being the one who's not liked the one who's casted out used to being the one who does not is not. I'm used to not being the center of attention. I'm used to being overlooked and very underappreciated and very taken for granted, but being the hardest worker in the room. So like that being recognized and them just having so much like of like a presence just like in my like in my rise is just like such a beautiful and foundational thing because it just doesn't happen for like artists in Colorado, period. It's just not something that has happened in that we just have not had the luxury of like relying on. So they have just been such like a, a saving grace and a guardian angel. Um, so and really, really, really shout out to old man Saxon for just like starting that. Cause I remember just thinking, oh shit, well, I don't know how like solid this is, but it is what it is, you know? I said, I won't like put all my, you know, put all my cards on this one play, but you know, we'll see how this goes. And it just snowballed effect into this beautiful fucking, like, partnership. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Even, like, when I went and spoke at the <laughs> um, at the event some months ago, I was just like, y'all want me to come and speak? <laughs> okay. And I'm not much of a go out and speak kind of person. I'm just more of a, like, show up and then people start coming up to me. And then it's a lot easier for me to talk. <laughs> so it's just been, honestly, such... Sonic Gill has been such a blessing. I can continue. I've been able to continue doing music full time and look at, well, it, look at one bank account and be like, oh yeah, solid. Like I've never just been able to look at one to like, damn, 
I ain't never seen one account have that much money, you know what I'm saying, for so long and knowing that that's for music, that's for tour, that's for singles, that's for promotion, that's for this, that's for that, and have a solid budget to start with. God, that is like, there's, you, you oh my goodness. So you can't, who, you don't take that for granted, you don't. I was able to start getting my equipment because of Sonic Go, you know what I'm saying? So like, I have a laptop now, I have recording equipment now, like I'm able to start my shit. Well, and I say start my shit, I feel like me saying start my shit, like everyone's like, what are you talking about? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's so crazy having people who like really believe in you. Going from still go like coming into like oh shit there's people who actually believe in me it's mind-blowing in the best of ways well neptune thank you so much for your time today i wish i could stay here all day and just talk to you about art and movies and music and all good things um but alas i feel like rusty steve might come in and kick my ass out oh no that (laughs) man just went off to work and Um, he did a nice little cameo (laughs) Well, best of luck with the tour and the new songs. I can't wait to hear more from you. And thank you so much for, like, meeting with me. Oh, my goodness. I know scheduling. Jesus Christ. You know what? Hey, when you're dealing with a queer icon, you you got to take what you can get. (laughs) I really do appreciate you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. Check out the links in our show notes to experience Neptune's music and to become a member of Sonic Guild Colorado.